Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. I don't know where my towel is. Uh, fine, okay. Um, well, it's the uh, it's the penultimate episode of the uh, season. This week we'll be uh, giving the Super Bowl a hell of a previewing. We're going to uh, run through the ups and downs of the 2016 season uh, from the two conference champions, and then we're going to uh, make our predictions as well for uh, who's going to be leaving Texas with the Lombardi Trophy. But uh, first, let's have a look at some of the talking points from around the league. So, uh, how's things, G? Are you excited much? Yeah, I mean, I am actually very excited about this. Um, I may not sound it because I'm off on the tail end of a migraine, so um, I'm sort of like gutting it out and strapping it on, as they like to say in the NFL. And I think I threw you with my opening greeting because, of course, this is episode 42, and so I threw in a nice Hitchhiker's reference ah, for you. Ah, I've got, yeah, yes, I didn't pick that up initially. Yeah, no, I've you really you. didn't, did you? Bless you. No, so, I didn't. So, so no, I thought I'd better tell you, tell you before <laughs> I, you, you thought that, you know, in my slightly migraine fug, that you thought I'd lost it completely. Well, I, I kind of know you've lost it completely, but uh, let's, let's go on to the uh, talking points of the uh, the week so far. So the uh, the Pro Bowl was this weekend. Oh, the Pro Bowl. We uh, yeah, we, we love to talk about the Pro Bowl, don't we? Um, this this year it was uh, it was it was held in Orlando. Uh, it was back to the old AFC NFC format. Um, so uh, yeah, the result was it was twenty thirteen to the AFC in the end. This one and uh, and Andy Dalton was was the AFC passing leader. You've got to be happy about that, surely? Yeah, along with. Free sacks. Um, yeah, well, yeah, other than that. I, I like in your talking points that you have, how much of this did you actually watch? And <laughs> honestly, I sat down with the intention of watching the entire thing and got about a drive and a half in and just was like, this is unwatchable. And it's not quite fair because uh, going through the highlights, there's some fun stuff that happens. But the problem for me is that, um, as you are aware, I'm a bit of a fan of um, defensive football and I like there to be a contest. And it just feels weird when, I mean, they're not going half pace, but, you know, that pass rush is not the pass rush although there were some bits where it looked like um, it was getting a bit serious towards the end but you've got sort of like no blitzing and you have to play a 4-3 and it's one-on-one contest and it's it's a weird exhibition format it's not like you know in the NBA you get dunks I mean you do get some cool interesting trick plays but when, when the AFC are trying them and dropping them it, it's sort of it's not I think it works for young viewers and it, it certainly posts good ratings I think in states are not spectacular but it, it just feels a bit weird to watch as a spectacle mm. yeah no it does what what particularly caught your eye I know you were you were saying to me uh, over the weekend that you'd, you'd seen some of the uh, the skills competitions hadn't you yeah I watched a highlight and I thought that was actually probably some of the best stuff I mean it, it was a bit I'm trying to think of the right comparison it was a bit like watching um, the NFL skill games from the Madden computer game come to yeah. life with some <laughs> of this, with the sort of like the quarterback t- accuracy challenges but I thought that was quite fun and you know what Andy Dalton go up against Philip Rivers and and saw that stuff and the sort of power explosion race was was quite fun as as was um, the sort of the ball dropping from the drone so you know there was quite some stuff I think probably the best one was the um, catching competition Jarvis Landry got best hands didn't he yes I, I quite enjoyed that with the, with giving the receivers a chance to show off for different types of catches I think that was probably the highlight for me but that, it was sort of like a fun little thing and I I think that was a success story. Yeah, we'll go on to uh, the Pro Bowl a little bit uh, in a bit more detail. We, we talk about the blog this week because I know you've uh, you've written about it. Um, it's the it's Hall of Fame ballot time, so they're down to the finalists uh, of the Hall of Fame ballot uh, the, the the for for this year, and, and they've all been announced. And you can obviously vote now on the uh, on on the NFL website uh, for who's going to be inducted or enshrined, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, in in uh, to the NFL Hall of Fame in August. Uh, there's a full list of entries. If you go to nfl.com forward slash hlf, there's a uh, there's a there's a full list there. But th- there's some big names that have made it through to the final. Uh, they, they usually they usually um, 
enshrined between between four and eight names in, in the end. Is there anything particular on there? Anyone in particular on there? I know you've seen the uh, the list now, Jay. Is there anyone in particular that that stands out, or is there anyone with a, with a particularly low voting percentage currently that you think really should be doing better? I mean, there's a couple of obvious names for me that that really stand out. Um, I think sort of. Um, the obvious two would be Ladanian Tomlinson and Kurt Warner, um, yeah. both superb offensive players. And this is—it's a slightly weird list in that there's lots of people that I recognise, and I'm sitting there and you're thinking, I think Terrell Owens is going to have all kinds of problems for years just because of his off-field persona and the problems he had yeah. in the locker room. And there's also there's a bit of a cue because you know Isaac Bruce is on there, you've got um, Terrell Davis a, a running back, um, but you've, it, defensive players and this is a good one, and obviously a, a, a name we should probably cover at some point else in this is, is conversation is John Lynch, who is um, mm-hmm. fairly big safety. The, the fun one for me is that um, running backs and quarterbacks, much like everything, are the ones that are really obvious, certainly bothered by receivers. And then you get sort of some of the big defensive players that stand out. And then it can be really hard with some of the linemen, particularly with like offensive linemen, because you don't really have stats for them. And yeah. so you have to be particularly nerdy and particularly interested in them. I mean, certainly, for instance, it's bad enough with tackles. At least, you know, some of the outstanding tackles um, stand out. And you've got. Um, Joe Jacoby, the key mention of the Washington's famed hog offensive line, and he's got 2%, and you've got Alan Fanica, who is a name I know very well um, through being in the AFC North um, at guard, and it's just, it's a bit funny, it's a bit like the um, the Pro Bowl voting all over again, where everybody gets yeah. paid skill figures, and what do we do with these, these large men who are crucial to the game, and it's kind of hard to say, oh yes, he... You know, we have more advanced stats now, and so at least with pro football focus, when you might question how they get to those numbers, it gives you a hint as why Andrew Whitworth made the Pro Bowl. But um, some of that stuff is a little bit funny. But yeah, those would be the names that are popping out to me. I'm assuming you're thinking about Jason Taylor as he plays for you guys. Of course, I'm thinking about Jason Taylor. He was, was, I mean, when I was, I've been been watching football since since about 99 2000 i think he was he was massive when he was he was one of the uh, one of the big names in the dolphins when i was first started watching football so he's he's it's always good to see to see him in there it was also i think i think he was the one that had the the massive inflatable him at Wembley when the uh, during the first the first uh, of the of the international series games so yeah that's a that's a bit of a bit of a strange uh, bit of a strange one but it's nice to see Jason Taylor on there albeit he's only got four percent uh, of the uh, of the vote at the uh, this at this current time but um, I suppose let's I suppose the other thing to have a look at is 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 how you how you think the current I mean if if let's say you can induct three of of the current crop of NFL players who who would you pick. Well, I think one of them's going to be playing in a Super Bowl, and you can't you can't look past Tom Brady and all those rings and what he's been doing as a player. Um, does that mean now you have to pick one special teams and one defensive player? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, do I that. Definitely want to do right. Okay, special teams could be really really hard. I might have to rub back for myself. Um, except I'm drawing a blank. But the incredible kicker, Vinatieri. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's got to be in there. And then defensive players. I'm just trying to think of who who's got the kind of career. I mean, you could certainly see maybe Julius Peppers making it at some point. I'm just trying to think of the best ones who've had like the right length of career in terms of how good they are. I mean, you could certainly see yeah. JJ Watt if he could put some more years I together. I knew you were going to mention him. Well, you don't know how he's going to come <laughs> back from the back injury. And obviously, I'm really worried about Luke Keekley's, you know, concussion history. And so... Yeah. He, it, I'm finding it hard to pick for the defensive players. Um, Julius Peppers is an obvious one just because of the Matt Saxon, his longevity. Um, Von Miller stands a very good chance if he can keep this up. You know, it's 
Yes. It's kind of a strange one. You sort of know him when you see him, but it's hard sometimes just to pick him out the what out the air, air when your podcast producer springs it on you. <laughs> it's not like you didn't see these notes, what, 20 minutes before we started recording? <laughs> <laughs> panic, 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 must read notes, must read notes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll have to obviously wait and see who uh, who makes it into uh, into the, the, the Hall of Fame uh, and is enshrined in August. Um, the last thing to, uh, to have a look at is, is the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a little bit in trouble. Um, the league have obviously taken an increasingly strong stance over on concussion protocol and the, uh, ensuring players are protected when they take uh, big hits over the last few years. Matt Moore, uh, Dolphins quarterback, took a, took a huge hit from Bud Dupree in their in their playoff game against the Steelers, uh, and he, he was, he was visibly, visibly shaken afterwards. And he, he did struggle to get up. Um, the Dolphins have, have had a, a bit of a slap on the wrist. The NFL and NFL Players Association have found that the Dolphins didn't strictly follow the concussion protocol after that hit, um, and they failed to recognise that Matt Moore was he was he was bleeding from the mouth uh, apparently, and, and and that should have uh, meant that he, he would undergo that further investigation for concussion. Actually, he was out for one play. Um, being it was found obviously that he wasn't suffering from any symptoms of concussion in the end but uh, yeah it's it's one of those things where where the dolphins have been a little bit ticked off because of the because of of not strictly following that uh, that that protocol and and bearing in mind before I ask this question I know this is one of the uh, the things that that may trigger you uh, G <laughs> um do you think this uh, there should be some some sort of penalty for the dolphins is is it can they really be blamed for putting him back in the game given the situation they were in I'm I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna be a bit namby pamby lefty and sit on the fence because I think there is fault to be on both sides. I think it's difficult for a group of competitive people, um, in the heat of a moment, to to necessarily pull a player, particularly when the player will always campaign to go back in, and I'm sure he yes. was. Yeah. This is why we have neutral doctors who are meant to be following these protocols. I think that. If it depends, I have not having seen a report. It depends whether they fought him or whether they basically got him out there before the guy could follow it through. But clearly, mm. there has been a breakdown of procedure, and that's the bit that concerns me most. I don't want to apportion blame too much because I don't know what's going on. But also, working in an environment that revolves around a lot of procedures, one of the things that's meant to happen with these audits is it's not meant to be a blame exercise. You're meant to produce more robust procedures, and I, I think if we can come away with that, that's the most important bit at this moment particularly as i don't believe he had a concussion um, no he didn't no he was found not to be not to be yes i think there symptoms. should be a, a, it should be a form of punishment because procedures weren't followed and you know we were all we commented right away didn't we but it seemed odd for um, yeah one and, and without wanting to sound smug in the out, after it we were sort of saying he was out for one play does that really sound like it was f- f- he was fully checked for a concussion and i think we just err on the side of caution with head injuries but there should be something but you know as if it ends up with more robust procedures and you know that's mm. what i'm hoping for Absolutely. Well, the good news, I suppose, is that uh, this this year, compared to uh, to last year, there has been an eleven percent decrease in reported concussions. So they're doing something right in terms of protecting the players. It's, it's two hundred and seventy five uh, last year, two hundred and forty four this year. So it's yeah, really hard to tell because be you don't know what the level of self reporting is and whether players are hiding it. But you'd like to think that certainly with certain players who've who've sort of been held out for extra weeks and have self-reported that, that things are heading in the right direction but I'm always going to be a little bit suspicious of numbers just because of the overall riding culture of football well, let's hope it's heading yeah. in the right direction Absolutely. Uh, before we move on, a couple of uh, there's been a couple of uh, GM hires this week, this week hasn't there as well in the uh, on that uh, that merry-go-round that we've been talking about every week. Yeah, I mean the the 
two slightly curious highs. One in the fact that um, obviously the timing was all weird for Jim Irsay, um firing his GM and he has hired Chris Ballard of the Kansas City Chiefs who um, over recent years have been widely held as, as a team that have drafted and developed well. Obviously they are facing some some... I'm trying to think of the right phrase. Some some reasonable <laughs> questions about their selection of Tyreek Hill in the fifth round, and, and I don't feel it's unreasonable to ask those questions, but generally they've done pretty well. And we've been, certainly on this podcast, I think fairly critical of the Colts' um, old GM and the fact that he looked into Andrew Luck and we're not entirely sure you know what else he's built around there. So yeah, we should yeah. have to see out that. But I suppose the big surprising news is the fact that John Lynch, with no front office experience, um, a very good possibly Hall of Fame career, and... Um, works very hard as a TV analyst has now got, I think it's vice president of player personnel rather than full GM, because it would appear that quite a lot of power is going to Kyle Shanahan, but he's going to be basically picking the players and working with him closely in San Francisco and untried, untested and a six year contract. Well, we'll have to see how he, uh, how he gets on next season then, or certainly in this off season. Yeah. Um, we live in interesting times, um, both <laughs> external to the NFL and in the NFL in terms of front offices. And we should just have to see how he does. Run that over here. Well, we're here. That's it. It's the uh, it is the Super Bowl this weekend. There are just two teams remaining. I think uh, with that in mind, it's uh, it's always worth having a uh, look back at the seasons and, and seeing how they've how they've done uh, to this point and how they've managed to uh, to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's, this year, it is the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons who will be uh, facing off in Houston. Uh, they're two teams that have never met in the Super Bowl. Uh, the the, the they've uh, they've picked their their colours. Um, the Falcons have, have picked to play in red, uh, which means that the Patriots are going to be playing in white. Uh, which interestingly, I suppose, uh, well, it's interesting to me anyway because I love a little stat like this. Uh, the uh, teams in white have won eleven of the last twelve Super Bowls. So uh, yeah, it seems it would seem that uh, that luck is on the uh, on the Patriots' side. Given that one, um, we do not yeah. believe in luck on this podcast. <laughs> Even Andrew Luck. Um, AFC, we believe AFC in him champions. a little bit. He's just injured. <laughs> the AFC champions then were the uh, the New England Patriots, uh, fourteen and two in the regular season. They uh, they 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 beat uh, the Texans and the Steelers in the postseason. Um, and even I suppose I suppose we've got to talk about it. Brady was even suspended for the first four games. Yes. Do we do we have to completely rehash deflate or go, can I no, do the? You can skip over the why. Can Let's I do the cliff with, notes? Yes. Cliff notes. NFL made a big, huge fuss about a minor ball um, discrepancy, which can be explained by the ideal gas law, um, was pursued beyond ridiculousness and lots of us giving us all a narrative about how Tom Brady is angry and is desperate to prove everyone wrong, like you need extra incentive to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, yeah, like I say, he, he missed the first four games and they actually they actually managed to come out of it three and one as well. Yeah, um, even winning with their third string quarterback when Garoppolo went down with an injury. Um, yeah. In a 27 to nil beating of the Texans with um, Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So, yeah, but they rolled through pretty much all season. Um, it was another. Belichick season where everything went well, barring the game against the Seahawks. Yeah, well, that's it. That, that was their only loss in Week Ten. It was. Uh, it was a. Um, oh, it's it, the only it was... loss for Brady. Obviously, they lost to the Bills, but. Um... Oh yeah, sorry. And that's only, bizarre, only isn't it? But you know, this is what happens when you've injured quarterbacks and strange things going on. But um, yeah. ever since then, it was just just kept rolling, including against my poor Bengals, who were not playing well at the time. <laughs> and and my de- and my Dolphins twice. So uh, you know, every cloud. Um, the, the yeah it was it was strange that the the Bills lost because that was that was sixteen nothing that was the first time they'd been shut out and I, I can't remember what it was it was about ten years though wasn't it yeah I mean 
we're aware of Belichick and Brady's um, combined success and even the year where Matt Castle would quarterback them he managed to get them to 10 yes. wins even if they didn't get into the playoffs that year but um, so yeah it's not surprising that they don't get shut out a lot. Yeah. Um, well, Brady, you mentioned Brady, and obviously he's uh, even though even though he had four four games out, he still managed to pull up some some pretty good numbers this year three three thousand three and a half thousand yards basically sixty seven point four percent completions and only only two interceptions in the regular season, which is pretty incredible off twelve games at thirty nine. I mean, yeah. this is a very different thirty nine to um, Peyton Manning, obviously without the neck injuries and, and the being hit so much, but it is pretty impressive that um, he still is showing no signs of slowing down yet and obviously uh he's kind of famous for building his life around football and taking care of himself but it's still pretty incredible to see quarterback playing at this level at this age Mm. They uh, one one of their their big players has always uh, been Rob Gronkowski, uh, the Gronk. Uh, but he, he barely played this year. He, he struggled a bit with injury. Yeah, you might begin to worry about him in terms of Bill Belichick is not a player who is afraid to ship somebody out before he likes to get rid of them before they start to decline rather than after. Yeah. And and given the way the injuries are racking up for Gronkowski, um, you do wonder if at some point um, he might eye um, alternative routes, but. Uh, They've been relatively uninjured apart from apart from him, and and it's the Patriots are one of those teams where apart from Tom Brady and you could argue maybe Edelman and Gron- Gronkowski, but it, it's you can pick out the odd names here or there, but it's it's not like a star-studded squad because he, what the Patriots do brilliantly is that they put they get players who they know can do certain things well and put them in a position to do that thing well. They, they're yeah. very malleable from week to week, but they get the most out of the players that they have on their roster and, and the very famous Patriot way. They certainly do. They certainly do. And, and it's, I mean, that's testament to the fact this is their third Super Bowl in six years. So they, 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 they definitely... It's they, an incredible They're doing something record. right, aren't yes, they? Yes, it really is an incredible record. Yeah, well, they've all time they've they've won four out of the nine Super Bowls they've appeared in. So it's it's uh, yeah, pretty pretty good. Nine Super Bowls is uh, out of fifty is is not a bad not a bad number. Yeah. <laughs> not too bad at all. <laughs> yeah, um, is there anyone in particular that you thought on, we haven't talked much defensive uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Is there anyone in particular that that really stood out for you on that side? I mean, the obvious one to talk about is uh, Malcolm Butler, who made a name for himself um, in the in the Super Bowl, however many years ago, against Seattle Seahawks with that interception. Yeah, and Tom Brady seconds. talking about him making plays and causing problems on the practice squad for, 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 for most of that season. Um, and you've got um, sort of Devin McCourty in in back at safety and Patrick Chung, but it's, I mean, it's it's one of those things where. It's not flashy, it's scheme. And it's players being in the right place and witness Jamie Collins being shipped off and I'm forgetting the name of the pass rusher who was shipped to Arizona um, at the end of last season. But but they just keep cycling through players and knowing what they're doing rather than going, oh yes, look, it's Geno Atkins or JJ Watt. It's not that kind of defence. but uh, right. And it sort of feels a little bit sort of cliche to say it but that, that that seems to have been the case this year yeah and um, we'll just say yeah, a couple of uh, final stats before we move on they were, their biggest win was 27 nothing versus the uh, the Texans which was crazy both their biggest win and their biggest loss were both without Brady uh, so the biggest win was 27 nothing over the Texans you mentioned that earlier with uh, with with uh, with uh, Garoppolo was it was it Garoppolo or was it Brissett that one that was Brissett was it? Um, and then, and the biggest loss was uh, was that sixteen nothing uh, against the Bills uh, again. That was that was uh, that was without without uh, Tom Brady. So, 
Yeah, good uh, good season for the Patriots. So uh, let's let's move on quickly to the uh, the NFC champions. That was the the Atlanta Falcons. I'm I'm certainly going to be supporting the Atlanta Falcons this uh, this weekend. I'm going to be uh, be perfectly honest with you. Um, they've they've never won a Super Bowl, so this is and this is their only the, the second time they've ever been in the uh, the Super Bowl. So it's it's a uh, it, I really really do want to uh, want to see a new a new name on the trophy, I suppose. And uh, yeah, eleven and five in the regular seasons. They're not quite as uh, as as dominant as the. Uh, as, as the Patriots perhaps were in there, but they 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 did some real good. Uh, they they really built some momentum in the playoffs, beating Seattle and Green Bay, haven't they? They they sort of quietly have one of the most outstanding um, sets of figures for an offense in in recent history, uh, and did it kind of quietly just because they lost some games and they started off struggling a little bit with the defense, and then mm. that defense started to come together more. Um, more and more as as it went through the later season, which is interesting, as they lost one of their um, key key players. Just in, um, they managed to lose Desmond Trufant, who is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and somehow their young players got better just because through practice. But it's surprising that the team would continue to get better even after losing such a crucial piece. But they have a very large number, something like four rookies and quite a lot of a large number of, of second year players, I think, on the defence, playing significant yeah. minutes if not starters. Um but the real real crux of this offence and their seasons beat around Matthew Ryan in his sort of ninth year, really getting his head round Carl Shanahan's scheme and the offence with all the weapons. Definitely, you're absolutely spot on, and that kind of shows in the fact that they're, they're the, in terms of points scored, they're the top offense in the league. But on the other side of the ball, they're 27th in, in terms of defense. So, yeah, you, you're spot on. It is it absolutely that 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 Matt Ryan and, and the and the weapons that he's he's got around him. Obviously, Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu, as in particular. Um, have, have really has really 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 boosted the Falcons this year, and they've managed to put put together a, a good season. Yeah, but it's not just them. He spreads the ball around. He's thrown touchdowns to something like nine different players over the season, if mm. not more. Um, yeah. He's regularly had eight or nine people catch passes for him. You've got the double-headed monster coming out the backfield of Devonta Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman, um, who can both catch balls as well as, as run. They're just slightly different style of runners. Um, T- Taylor Gabriel uh, is another receiver who's clocked up over 500 yards. Mohamed Sanu, um, it's not a surprise to me as a Bengals fan that he's done well. I felt a little bit sorry for him, actually. Um, with, obviously, the travel ban going on in the States, there's lots of questions being asked at a, at a player whose name is, obviously, Mohamed and is a Muslim. And he... I sort of feel for him when he was talking about I'm not here to answer questions about that because this is like a lifetime dream for him. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. you know, he's at the Super Bowl and and he he's he has every right not to have prepared paired a political Absolutely. statement and want to be a football player in this moment. And so yeah, I, I, I did sort of feel him when I sort of read those quotes. I'm thinking, you know, some might say Oh, he should be speaking out, and and I wouldn't disagree with that necessarily. But it's has got to be a horrible thing when you know this is like one of the goals of your lifetime, and it's an incredible opportunity, and this is what's happening. Looking at the, you, one play you didn't mention there was was Julio Jones, one thousand four hundred and four yards. I thought you might that, bring him up. You see, that is a that is an absolutely crazy amount of yardage for for a receiver. Yeah, I mean we've seen we have seen more, but bearing in mind he's been injured, he's struggling with turf toe, and he, he's had a couple of knocks this season, but. He is an incredible player. Um, one of those players that, if he was made a real show of it, he could be a real face of a league. Just in terms yeah. of, he's so so good. But he's a real pros pro, quiet gets on with it. But 
Yeah. He's incredible. I mean, I'm going back to last week, um, well, not last week, but the week before, when we were discussing um, his play against the Packers, where he gets held by Gunter, then knocks Gunter aside, then stiff arms the safety and runs in for, for that first touchdown in the third quarter. And it was just an incredible play. Yeah, yeah, they've they've had a they've had a, they've had a really good season. Again, if we if we look at uh, the def- defensive side, I know you've I know you've mentioned obviously that uh, that that a lot of their uh, their players are rookies or second years. Is, is there anyone in particular that, that that's caught your eye? Well, the obvious answer to that is um, Vic Peasley, who led the league in in sacks this season, and it's pretty much the, the, their major source of pressure. I was about to say only, but that's not quite fair. But it, he's 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 obviously the the focal point of their of their front seven and, and, and yeah. a pretty special player yeah I've, I've, i think you're spot on i knew i knew you'd be able to uh, to pick somebody out as our as our resident uh, defense geek um. and, and would it be nice to, to see dwight freeney get a second a, a second super bowl ring yeah absolutely it certainly would. I mean, it's 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 gonna it's a good story, I think, for the Falcons. I'd, I I really want them to to get to get one soon as they've never they've never won the uh, the, the the Super Bowl yet. I've been um, saying for a few weeks I was really impressed with with them as a team, and the fact of the matter was that, that offense was so good that the defense. It's a bit like again, sorry to bring them up, but the Packers when we talked about you know having Aaron Rodgers, you only need a defense to be so good to be competitive, and that's sort of yeah. what they've done. Well, they, they didn't win a, They didn't lose a single game by do, double figures. I think looking again, looking at their biggest wins and losses, their biggest loss was by nine points to the against the the, the Eagles. Uh, they lost fifteen twenty four on that occasion. Um, biggest win uh, two two uh, equally equally big wins uh, <laughs> against the, uh, the the Rams forty two fourteen and the forty nine ers forty one thirteen. So, yeah, I mean, they, like you say. When you've got it, when you've got an offense that can score as freely as, as as they can, you you don't need a defense that can set set worlds alight. Yeah, and the and the Rams were at that stage of the season where the defense had just kind of like, okay, we've got lots of good players, but the offense is doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to be a, yeah, an interesting one, and we'll uh, if you give us a, just a couple of minutes, we'll uh, we'll uh, make our pick for the Super Bowl. Excellent. It's a right, G. It's time for us to have a look at what you've been writing about this week on the blog. Uh, we spoke earlier about the uh, the result of the Pro Bowl, but uh, you posted a piece on Sunday. What 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 is it exactly you, you dislike about the uh, the Pro Bowl? For me, it's just such as football is one of those spectacles that doesn't work at half pace. I was sort of talking about it earlier, but it's the fact of the matter is that when you're playing, say you're doing the other All Star games that you've got, and you've got basketball, then you've got dunks yeah. and lots of trick stuff you can do, but there's not that physical contact, and, and that's the problem with football is that it doesn't look right at half speed. You know, the pass rush is one of my favourite things, and, and line play, and it just it feels wrong, and you can't blitz, and it's it's not football. It's not football as right. we're used to seeing it, and so I. Really really struggle with it as a spectacle I like a lot of the stuff that goes around it like the, the, the fun and getting to see the guys practice and, and that aspect of it I think it's worth doing but just you know the game is not for me mm. I love the rushing game but the AFC got 21 yards so I was looking at the stats earlier on yeah and the, yeah it's it's not a competitive game is it people want to come <laughs> for the trick plays and maybe to see the quarterback throwing to different people and so, but it, it's just hard to get the same level of spectacular catch when you've not got the defence on you like that yeah and, and without the game I suppose you don't get all the, the skill the skill challenges and things like that you can't just have an NFL player circus <laughs> um, just rock up the, the, uh... exactly I, I quite like that the NF, I'm trying to remember no I can't I'm going to fall into Madagascar 3 in a minute I shall stop <laughs> I might patent the idea um, and you, uh, you you said goodbye to uh, the Packers and the Steelers as well didn't you on the uh, on the blog what, what do you think of their chances for next year um, I was about to say worried about the Packers but that's not quite the right phrase but uh, as I've my, one of my favourite sort of 
with the current situation in the world, omni-shambles is a word that springs to mind, and sort of the other phrase that keeps leaping to mind is we live in interesting times. And I think that the Packers will have an interesting off-season. Yeah. You've got um, Aaron Rodgers sort of talking about how we need to be perhaps a bit more urgent and and a bit more win-now mode. Um, I think he's possibly beginning to feel sort of... Um, not five time creeping up exactly because he's not exactly old but he's been in the league a while and he's so good and at the height of his powers and I think he'd just like a bit more defence around him and with Ted Thompson's draft and develop it'll be curious to see how they approach the off-field off-season because you know, they've brought in good free agents but you sort of you name Peppers and Jared Cook this season and that sort of it and so you just wonder how they're going to do in the off-season how they're going to rebuild How about the uh, the Steelers? Well, actually, for Steelers, I'm feeling less confident about, I think, possibly even when they wrote. Because on the one hand, they sort of draft well, certainly with young receivers. And they look set to, to keep building the defence and spring back next year. Except, Roethlisberger's talking about retirement. And, and I, you know, I think we're all taking that with a pinch of salt. And, you know, mm. battered and bruised and just lost an AFC Championship game. And he just probably needs a few weeks to feel better, you know, heal and feel better about himself. And, uh, it would, yeah. you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily be... be completely shocking if he retired but I wouldn't expect to do it but you've got Antonio Brown sort of continuing to make headlines about oh that's what he's like and he got thrown a bit under the bus with Roethlisberger about talking about pouncing and not getting thrown the first touchdown pass you've got the continuing you know travails of Le'Veon Bell and his injuries and his medicinal habit of of, of the reason he was suspended for three games at the start of the season or at least he missed the tests because he's in a testing program because of his habits and so you just begin to wonder if there's just a little too much dysfunction on that offensive side of the ball and they have a lot of talent and if Bryant can stay on the field next year and not, you know, come off a suspension and stay clean, then then maybe the passing game should bounce back. But there's just enough to make you wonder whether it's going to be as automatic as we might perhaps think. You're only saying this because you're a Bengals fan. <laughs> I'm really not, because here's the thing. I, as a, yes, obviously, you know, as a Bengals fan, I meant to say even Jesus hates the Steelers. But here's the thing, because I'm not um, American, so I don't have to live with lots of Steelers fans. Here's the horrible, horrible secret. I quite admire the way they run, at least in terms of, you know, they've had like three coaches in the last 30 years. And they're a stable franchise, and they're a family-owned franchise. And so, I mean, they're dirty-hitting, cheating, evil so-and-so's okay but, okay <laughs> but no uh, you know it, it's not that I, I just genuinely wonder if there's a little bit too much dysfunction coming out of that locker room yeah well uh, as we come to the close of the season have you got anything uh, planned for uh, for the blog this week um i'm doing a preview of the super bowl obviously i'm not sure what else to do because you know with migraines and other things i'm just running out of time um what i definitely will be doing and something that you're everybody should be paying attention to the weekend after next is that i will be doing my traditional looking at the coaching tape of the super bowl which is sort of like my final thing um of the season before i take a week or two off although i should probably bounce back for the super bowl and i or sorry for free agency and and the draft and stuff but I'm, i'm kind of really looking forward to looking at how Bill Palachek and Patricia um, scheme of defence against you know, the Falcons offence I'm really looking forward to yeah. that yeah well uh, for all that and much more from G make sure you uh, stay tuned to the blog it can be found at thewrongfootball.com are you ready for some football right so it's that time then we've got to do it it's uh, it's the Super Bowl this weekend there is just one remaining and it's the Falcons are playing the New England Patriots on Sunday night and it's the, uh, it's the it's the big one so go on then G what do you think? What do we reckon is going to going to happen? Who do you think is going to come out with the uh, with the victory on this one? 
I knew you were going to do this. You know how much I hate <laughs> making predictions. I'm, what I'm expecting is a really interesting game. I am particularly excited, as I've just mentioned, about watching the Falcons' offense going against the Patriots' defense. That's the matchup of, of the game for me. Um, everybody will be talking about how Belichick likes to take away what you do best and make you beat with yourself with the other thing. The problem for them is that the Falcons are very used to everybody doubling um, Julio yeah. Jones and what we'll see. They're, another thing you'll like to have heard and is the trick that they use is that they often use see a defense and they will double the teams um, or they will single up their best cornerback against the, the um, best receiver of the um, opposition. And what the Patriots actually tend to do is take the next best cornerback and double their best player with um, safety and then they put their best corner back against the team's second um, receiver which sort of makes sense because what you're betting on the fact is that the really top line number one receivers can often beat any coverage so if you double them and put your best corner back on their second receiver usually your second receiver will get tied up the problem they've yeah. got is you've got really good receiving options out the backfield um, third receiver who is pretty damn good and a tight end that you know catches passes so I'm really curious to see what they'll do. On the other side of the ball, the thing about the Patriots is that they are really, really multiple in their approach. And I've heard a lot of people talk about the idea that um, don't be surprised if Belichick goes big and runs the ball down the throat. Um, the defense isn't particularly great, and I don't think it's that good against the run. And if you're trying to keep an explosive offense off the field, what better than just pounding the ball away with um, yeah. Blunt in, into that defense? And so that game plan sort of makes sense to me um i think everybody's going to be supporting the falcons i think everybody's leaning patriots because of the experience and also they've dealt with all of the hoopla around the super bowl before um yeah that, they, are, they are the much more experienced team when it comes to super bowls indeed and that is a thing dealing with with all that goes wrong all the hoopla and trying to make it um another game and we i think your approach depends on your coach. I don't think there's right, one right way to do it. We've seen guys be successful with making it very much like it's just another game. And we've also seen coaches make it successful by saying, no, this is Super Bowl and embracing it and letting the players understand so that they're not sort of fighting that false dichotomy because it isn't just another game. I mean, the actual no. game itself is the same, but the pressure is different. The stage is different. You know, Lady Gaga isn't usually doing a, a <laughs> halftime show in the, middle of, um, in the middle of the Super Bowl. And Some would say that's a good thing. I'm really looking for. I was really looking to it, forward to it before we had all this political nightmare. Do you think Gaga isn't with the, with the opportunity to upset oh, all of conservative be... America and yeah. make a statement? She's of I, course. I, I, I they, be, she she, yeah. she might not. In fairness, you know, we shouldn't expect her to do so. But um, you know, I, I just I'm I am actually looking forward to it because I think she puts on a hell of a show and is not necessarily my form of music as well. You know, but I respect her a lot as a musician. She has mm. a very good. Um, live performance because she's a really good musician and I just think it I think it's going to be fun but in the end yeah. I'm, I think I'm leaning Patriots but I'm I, I'm expect what I'm really hopeful for is a really good game because we could we've had like two in the playoffs maybe you yeah know, we've had the, the last, Cowboys yeah. Packers and that's pretty much it I mean I've enjoyed some of the other performances but there's been very little competitive f football in this playoffs and, and I'm really hoping yeah, that right. we get what I want is a nice competitive game and not Belichick running out winners or the Falcons actually I could live with the Falcons putting on the display I have to admit but what I'm really hoping for is a competitive game yeah absolutely I think and I think it it helps for uh, for for uh, the fan base over here doesn't it when there's a, when there's a good competitive game and you can you can really get into it because for for a lot of people this is the one game of the year that they watch yeah and, and so, if nothing else it helps keep us up till you know stupid o'clock in the morning it, well exactly it's a nice there, competitive there is game. that that's it and uh, and and my wife might might 
uh, actually stay awake for the uh, past the past the half time show, which means that I don't get into <laughs> trouble for, for for going for oh being my. too loud. Yes, well, it was an incredible catch that the Seahawks <laughs> um, receiver made. In fairness, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, on my side of things, I'm like you, much like you. I'm going to be yeah, supporting the Falcons, but yeah, I think I think my head says it's going to be it's going to be the Patriots. Unfortunately, I think it's hard to love the Patriots unless you're a Patriots fan. I have a huge amount of respect for them. I really do. But I mean, you know, I think Deflate Gate is nonsense. But you know, Spygate tape. You know, they do push for letter of the law, and you know, for seeking a competitive advantage. I don't actually blame them for that. But they're a hard team to love. Whereas you know, the the feel good nature of what the Falcons have done this season makes it an easy an easy team to root for. Yeah, one word answer. Who's going to be the MVP? It's going to be a quarterback. <laughs> quarterback is not the word I was looking for. It's always the quarterback. <laughs> you know, occasionally, you get a defensive play, but you know, if you're a betting man and you have a strong feeling on who's going to win, you back the quarterback. And I think in this game, it's going to be Ryan or Brady. Yeah, my uh, my usual trick is to is to back both quarterbacks. When does, I'm, uh, does that mean you make money? Yes, just only not not very much usually, but a little, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. With uh, with that uh, with that said, uh, we shall we shall uh, yeah we shall see what happens on Sunday. We certainly shall. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This time next week, we'll know exactly who has won the Super Bowl, and we'll be back with our final episode of the season, where we'll be taking a detailed look at Sunday's game. In the meantime, though, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast to get it delivered to you each and every Thursday night. Especially important as we have a, uh, a bit of a break coming up after next week's episode. Uh, also, make sure you check out the blog to keep up with what G's been up to during the week. That's all at thewrongfootball.com. If you want to get in touch, please make sure you either drop us a line uh, to TD podcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at TWF Dan thank you for listening enjoy the Super Bowl and we'll see you again next week I'm so excited